Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's, um, there's not many words. <laughs> um, I, I really can say that there's been discussions this past year during the football season. Um, and I, I'll, Duff will probably kick me in the shin for saying this, but, um, but just to kind of keep it alive, because it is alive, I think people begin wondering if we have a contract with them. <laughs> but I, I think one of the things that we're looking at right now, realistically, because I think that as we move down the road and things change at time for time to time, we have a home, they owe us a home football game. Um, we've had a, a couple discussions about making that a neutral football game, where now we would be the, the home game of that. Um, but it would be a neutral game. And it's interesting that, you know, they're, they're intrigued by that. And, uh, but we can't really agree on where that <laughs> neutral game would be played. So the saga continues. Austin and I are, are just laughing at that clip a little bit. Not at not at Tom, of course. But Tom is, is dancing around the point that that game is never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that home game, Notre Dame owes, owes BYU. Unfortunately, that they have kicked that can so far down the road. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But uh, Gordon, beside the point, uh, uh, relevant because maybe if Notre Dame loses some games, maybe they can uh, get that home game or or the that uh, that has been floated out there. I would call that an extreme long shot, but you never know. But what we do know is that BYU, with the cancellation of five games already. Thanks to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 closing their doors, is the most impacted football program in the country thus far by uh, current circumstance, and that's tough. I gotta, I gotta wonder what Tom Homo's day is like right now. Uh, busy and hectic, trying to figure this thing out because it is uh, a major, major. Well, again, I, I still have my doubts as to whether college football is going to be played. But if it is played, then then they've got uh, he's definitely got his work cut out for him. See, that must be somewhat disheartening, scrambling around, working his tail off for something that might not even come to fruition at all. Right. By the way, guess who's on the struggle bus now? Our boy Austin's headphones just broke. <laughs> What you, did you need a drop? Did you need something? Kind of, because I feel the need to to fill Gordon in on the shenanigans. Since he's not in the you know room to experience the shenanigans uh, himself, you know what I mean. So I feel like squeaky chairs and broken headphones are relevant. Right, but it looked like you needed a drop or something played. Oh and no, I no, no, hear no, that that because my headphone you know cord broke in half. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Gordon. You were you were you were uh, you were saying about uh, BYU and uh, and Tom Homo's day being difficult. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract. No, he's just he's just working hard to put something together that might not even be played anyway but you got to think he's he's got to be exploring uh, every option i would i would think and we can get into a little bit more of this uh, down the line of just how much is at stake and maybe actually a little less for for byu than than you might think but i would guess you know where do you go from here gordon i think it was you last week who brought up would you would you explore a relationship with the mountain west i mean if you look at the canceled pac-12 games uh, a lot of them are Mountain West. In fact, the very first game at that uh, stadium down in Vegas was supposed to be uh, UNLV against, I think it was Washington. I'll have to double check. But could BYU be on the phone to UNLV and say, hey, we'll pick up that game? 
So yeah, so they need they need games if they're going to be played. But let's look at the schedule and let's go through it, uh, Jake. BYU has lost the game with Utah, Michigan State, Arizona State, Minnesota. Uh, no word on Missouri yet. We don't know about that. Uh, and then Stanford. What would happen, Jake, if the Mountain West decided to go conference only? Well, BYU'd be playing a bunch of independent teams. And even then, there's not that many. I well, you may play them twice. Uh, maybe they could scramble up some big sky teams. You know, I don't. I don't know how. You know, because it's it's to the best. It, like if you get down to the big sky level, it's definitely in their best interest to to play a game against BYU if it makes it on TV. Right. That would be your, your your normal thought if if the administrators at the school are willing to do that because they've got but a the lot Mount, to lose. The Mountain, the Mountain West teams on BYU schedule: Utah State, uh, Boise State, San Diego State. So if they were to lose those three, and that's just sort of one of those hypothetical little things that uh, we talk about because. There's been no word out of the Mountain West that they would do that. But if they did, if they did that, uh, BYU might have to cancel football this this fall, even if it's being played elsewhere. That would be I, unfortunate. Yep, that that is definitely a possibility. Because that would leave North Alabama. Would any word on them? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've been I've been keeping my eyes peeled, but nothing yet. Uh, oh, they lost the Husky, the the Northern Illinois, right? Uh huh. That one's gone, so that would leave then Houston, and we don't know about Missouri yet, and everybody else is gone. <laughs> that is that 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 is a that is an athletic director's nightmare. That's rough. Yeah, that's that is that is rough. It's it's hard enough to put a schedule together for next season, let alone two months from now, and then actually pull it off. Yeah, uh, now now the the potential opponents might be loosened up a little bit, like we talked about, and much more flexible and willing to uh, to work with something new with a new idea. Isn't this isn't this sort of ironic from this standpoint? The college football, of all the sports on the calendar, doesn't it seem like college football is the most stubborn, the most entrenched, the most, even though there have been some changes as far as conference affiliation and that sort of thing, it seems like you know, they schedule out five, ten years. It's just sort of funny how all of a sudden they're put in a position where they have to move now, right, right now. And so... But if I'm Tom Homo and I'm working my butt off all along, knowing in the back of my mind that, yes, I'm hustling, I'm working my tail off trying to put this stuff together, and it it may not even matter. Even if I'm successful in putting stuff together, it might not be played. 
Gordon, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little. Let's further our conversation uh, about BYU in a couple of of different directions. BYU and the way they've handled their finances over the years, Gordon, uh, you know, has been uh, uh, the butt of a few jokes. You know, they've earned the reputation of being a tad on the thrifty side. Uh, some people have been openly very critical about their compensation to coaches, but it certainly has been a topic over the years. Mm-hmm. But those habits may actually equip BYU to weather these storms better than a lot of universities out there, even though right now they're kind of on the front line of the storm. I mean, they've, they're the only school that's lost five games already, so they're kind of grabbing headlines for that. But if it comes down to it, Gordon, and that scenario that you described in the last segment plays out where there's just nobody to play, uh, they might be better equipped to deal with that scenario than most, if not all, other schools in the country. That's an interesting point. We've been told that they're really healthy down there as far as their uh, athletic uh, budget goes. And, uh, I mean, BYU makes a lot of money off their football program. And so if there's no season, that that takes a bite out of them just like it does everybody. But uh, they seem to have been rather tight-fisted at times about certain things. Well, I mean, Hans has said, and and I think this is somewhat anecdotal, or I'll I'll just pass this along from Hans, is is that they have enough cash to operate the athletic department for three years. You know, at what capacity? I don't know. You know, do you have to go down to, you know, 80%, 75% of staff? I don't know. But if that's true and they have enough cash to keep it rolling for for three years, that puts them way ahead, way ahead of a lot of other athletic departments out there. Because no uh, the the desperation factor right now, Gordon is is has got to be really high at places. And you and I were chatting off the air, you know, a place like UCLA, uh, to a lesser extent, a place like Cal, you know, places that that have to service all this debt and that haven't necessarily been all that fiscally responsible. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what would be left of those athletic programs if there's no fall sports, specifically football. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. <laughs> Well, what all the advice you usually tip people here over avoid debt, avoid tough situations, you know, be fiscally responsible, all that, put your finances in order in case something happens. Now, nobody saw this coming, Jake. How could you see this coming? But if you were, if you operate in such a way that uh, that you, you are prepared. As, as best as possible for something like this, then, then you can weather it. But here's the interesting thing about it is that a lot of programs that make a lot of money are hurting. And why is it? When you have a lot of money, you spend a lot of money. Bingo. No, it, bingo. And I, I actually, I, I don't mean to broaden this, but I will for a moment. I, th- I think it's been a big issue with universities um, in our country in general. But if somebody somebody's going to these decision makers and saying, hey, I've got some money, want to spend it? Or, or let me put it this way. The people are going and saying, hey, I, I've got I've got these millions of dollars sitting around. Could you could you use them? And of course, mm-hmm. the the you know university presidents go, yeah, sure. I'd love to build, build a new engineering school. Or yeah, I'd love to to build a brand, brand new parking structure, or or in this case, you know, athletic facilities, or I'd I'd love to do whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You want to give me some money? I'll spend it. You bet. My wife used to be uh, before she went to law school. Uh, you know this, Gordon. She worked for an ad agency, and she was a media buyer. And this seemed like the the greatest job in the history of jobs. Her clients would hand her a fistful of cash and say, "Go out there and spend it." That was her whole job. Go spend mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, these but, athletic departments are, are spending but, it, you know? But there's pressure on her to spend it on the things that will uh, garner more money. Of course. Uh, of course. I'm, I'm kind of joking about her job. Uh-huh. Just li- more, more saying that w- who of us couldn't spend more money, right, Gordon? Uh-huh. You know, you're, you're talking about purchasing an RV. Well, you know... If uh, if you you're feeling uh, spendy, I mean, I'm I'm sure they could accommodate you. You know what I mean? So these athletic departments get all this money, but instead of maybe preparing for the worst, have just said, "Yeah, I'll spend it. Let's do us. In fact, let's borrow more. Oh, where well, our <laughs> our stadium could use refitting. Yeah, sure. We're in California. We could fit that thing for some earthquakes. Let's uh, let's roll a couple of hundred mil in there. Sure, why not? Interest rate? Uh, who cares? Let's do this. Well, let me uh, pick a school, and this is probably irresponsible to do this because I have no idea. <laughs> well, let's do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fun, right? Uh, take the University of Alabama. I assume that that football program typically makes a whole lot of money for that university. That's why they can spend $10 million a year or whatever it is right. on, uh, on saving. Right. But if that money evaporates, then you, you're still paying that coach, right? Well, I mean, we saw Coach Witt and Coach Kraskoviak take uh, pay cuts. Uh, right. Did we ever find out what a percentage of that was? I, I have not heard. I don't think we did, but but that's the reason. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so it's like it's like when you're, when you're making out your own budget at home, we all oftentimes, if you have a budget, uh, then the people oftentimes will assume, well, this is what I make, right? So this is what we can spend. And then that money gets spent. What happens if that is no longer what you make? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty basic stuff. I get that. But we're, we're all guilty at times of doing that, aren't we? Just yeah. sort of assuming and, and not necessarily. I don't know. I, th- I thought I saw a statistic once as to how many Americans have, uh, have saved up money for, uh, for, for difficult times. And the number was discouragingly low. Hmm. Gordon, real quick on Alabama, just to 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 bring some perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama's total revenue, and this is 2017, 2018. All right, so keep that in mind. Alabama's total revenue in that year was uh, $177,481,937. Uh-huh. Now, if we believe the the round estimate that who was it was it Mark Emmer or somebody out there put out that that football is eighty percent of a lot of athletic budgets. If there's no football, Gordon, I've got the calculator here because I don't want any <laughs> either of us to do math on the air here. But Alabama stands to lose one hundred forty one million nine hundred eighty five thousand five hundred forty nine dollars and sixty cents. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope that's incredible. uh, Maybe they have saved for a rainy day. Maybe they haven't. I have a friend, Jake, who is quite well to do. And he is pretty, pretty uh, responsible with his spending habits. And I've always admired that, that he, that the discipline it takes to do that. Um, Not that, not that he won't spend money. It's not like he's 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 pretty logical in his approach, but he is not wasteful with what he does, and that is such a temptation for people who who have some means. And if you want to transform that to a university, if they have means 
and they see that they have means, then they spend a lot. Yeah. And they, you know, and, and, and some of those things are good investments that end up feeding the beast, as it were, and churning the whole thing forward. But uh, in a year where there's no churn, I, 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 there are some very nervous people right now around the country who work in athletics. Just to uh, give out the numbers while we're talking about it, here's Utah's numbers for that season, uh, that year, Gordon, 2017-2018. Mm-hmm. $91 million, this is total revenue, $91,386,593. Expend, uh, expense, uh, $87,578,834. But this really surprised me in that year, Gordon. Utah got 13.5% of its athletic budget from the state. Twelve million three hundred seventy-four thousand hundred and eighteen dollars. How about that? Anyway, that's uh so you know, you look at forty percent of ninety-one million, you know. Or excuse me, eighty percent of ninety-one million. It's it's pretty wild. So if you How does that how does that work that the state um pays for uh sports at a university? Uh, I mean, how, is that is that typical? Um, I'll tell you this, Utah State, for example, because I followed this story a few years ago pretty closely, they get a portion of their recruiting budget from the state. Hmm. And maybe it's the state contributing to specific projects. I mean, there's probably any number of different ways. I mean, a university is a state, you know, uh, is a a state institution, right? It's probably not too hard to funnel some money that way. Well, yeah, if it is. If it is. Uh, But for example, I mean, a lot of these top top programs. I mean, Texas doesn't take any from the state. Another does Texas A&M or Ohio State. Oklahoma does not. Penn State does not. LSU does not. Nebraska, South Carolina don't. Some of these why, big revenue why, schools why do, do still. Why do some schools, why Why is it necessary for some schools to do it and for some not to? The arms race, Gordon. <laughs> Utah's uh, is getting 13.5% of its uh, its budget from the state and they're still they still have the in this particular year, 43rd biggest uh, athletic budget in the country. So Texas doesn't have to take a dime because they're number one. And, so, and by the way, the further you get down the line on this, the more reliant upon state funding uh, these these institutions are. For example, uh, how about this one? Uh, the University of Houston, Gordon, their athletic uh, their athletic uh, total revenue, $55,142,417 dollars uh, expenditure is about the same, but they're getting 56.54% from the state, $31,177,821. What's the rationalization for that? Uh, I mean, people talk about they don't like pro teams relying on taxpayer money to fund their stadiums and whatnot. What, why, is the universe, why are these various universities needing to to draw a state money for sports? Uh, because they believe that there's some value there in opportunities for young people? Is that what it really is? What else would it be, honestly? I, I mean, that's a, that's a total loss for the state. I mean, they're not benefiting. On, that, that's, I, I wish, you know, a lot of times people would examine these things before saying that how much money is available for these athletes if they just pay everybody. Because that's just not the truth anywhere but a very select few places. By the way, are you curious? Delaware's budget? You're fighting mud hens? 
Uh, fighting blue hens. Forty-four million three hundred thousand and change in total revenue. Thirty-eight million two hundred twenty-nine thousand coming from the state. Percentage-wise, eighty-six point two five percent. Wow. But see, they it, it brought a lot of joy to a young Gordon Monson. You know, there's some value value out there yeah, in that like, stuff. I did like the hens. That's what I'm telling you. All right. Okay. Well, well yeah, but I was just a kid. What, what, I mean, what am I doing? Why, why am I being considered in that sort of thing? You matter, Gordon. Every, <laughs> you you matter, buddy. Young young Gordon Monson's experiences molded the man that is before us today, and the mud hens were a part of that. There's value there, buddy. Uh, I don't know how much value there is, but uh, I, I bet there there are some real arguments that break out in some states as to how that money should be divvied up and who gets it and who doesn't. There always is. We'll get into more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.